It's time for the Over the Boards podcast. With Jared Ashdown. He's literally the analytical equivalent of a donut. John Scusa. Steve Dobley. Yes. And Vincent Cristiano. Only reason he's better is he's taller and wider. And sometimes that gets in the way of the podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by Griffcast, the official podcast network of Canisius College. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Overboards Podcast. Jay Ashton, John Scusa, Vinny Cristiano here with you on a very exciting day in the NHL world. Jack Eichel has been moved from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vegas Golden Knights for a conditional first-round pick, a second-round pick, and uh, Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck. The Sabres also sent a conditional third-round pick in that trade. The conditions are based on the top 10 protections surrounding the Golden Knights pick. That's probably the main story of the NHL. Um, of course, we do have some updates in the Chicago Blackhawks situation. Not really big updates, but it's kind of we've we've learned a couple of new things about the NHL's yeah. involvement in that situation and mm-hmm. Gary Batman, like people's confidence in Gary Batman, which um, is uh, very little right very, now. Very low, yeah. as yeah. I would say. Which is good. Yes, in, indeed he it is. Deserve any, any uh, correct right now. Uh, and then uh, we have a couple of players: Sidney Crosby on the COVID list right now in Pittsburgh. Um, the San Jose Sharks, like the half their team has COVID, and then they beat the Sabers, of course, um, and uh, you know just some some other things involved there. This Eichel saga has been happening for a long time, a long time, and yes, it's there's there was rumors flying around. Kevin Adams went on a press conference today that I listened to the majority of it and. He mentioned that like there were a lot of teams involved in this conversation at some point. Um, New York was involved. Boston was involved. Um, uh, I early think, on, Columbus was involved, yes. but then they kind of dropped I mean, out of it. I mean, original speculation talked about Anaheim. <clears throat> um, everybody was talking about him wanting to go back home to play in Boston. Um, the Rangers seemed like a good fit. On the West Coast side, people liked the Futures idea from Anaheim. So Anaheim, fan. L.A. Yeah. Uh, and then the two main teams yeah. were Calgary, Calgary and, and Vegas. And Vegas. Yeah. So um, that just kind of had been culminating for a long, long time. And earlier this week, somebody from ESPN had gone on and said, the Sabres deal is at the one-yard line. And yes. then Kevin Weeks tweeted that the, sa- the deal that Calgary has on the table was Matthew Kachuk. A first-round pick. Right. A former first-round pick. And two prospects. And two prospects. Now, it was hilarious looking at Twitter because in my mind, I was like, I wonder who the former first-round pick could be. And then everybody was like, watch it be like Erica Branson or something like that. <laughs> like, a former third overall pick. Right. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, that deal, like, when you look at that, you're like, um, why Take haven't it. they accepted yes. it yet? Pull the trigger, Kevin. Yeah. But clearly, so it was cleared up today that that deal was not actually true. Um, that was not never on the table. Close to be true. Yeah, yeah. And, and Kachuk was not on the table, and and I don't know, 
I don't. We never really got clarification on where Calgary ended up being, what their final offer was. I'd have to imagine that there. it was probably something in the ballpark of Sean Monahan and futures, whether yeah, that be picks right. or prospects. I'm, I'm not sure. And it was really interesting. A lot of people said to um, the effect of that trade was a. Okay, so first I should say there was outside. There was a report that the Sabers were feeling outside slash external pressure to get the deal done tonight. That was two nights ago. Yes. Um, and a lot of people were speculating that the inter- the external pressure may have been coming from the league, the NHL, because they just wanted something else to talk about that wasn't the Chicago Blackhawks, maybe. Some people speculated it might be USA Hockey, just trying a last-ditch effort to get Eichel ready for the Olympics, which still he's probably not going to be able to play in, unfortunately. I have to imagine he's not going to be ready. Um, which sucks that I really, really would love to see Jack Eichel play for Team USA. Um, Could just be from ownership from right. either side. Could be Vegas. Right, which, and again, is that or... external or internal? I think that's part of the debate that was had. Some people thought um, on the NHL side... What a good look it would have been to have the Battle of Alberta every year be McDavid versus Eichel, and then you have the Sabres play Ottawa, and it's the Kachuk brothers playing against each other. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. But You know, visually, um, that would have been cool, and, you know, the entertainment value would have been high there, but obviously that didn't end up happening, and that's not how that went. Um, Fast-forwarding overnight, you wake up yesterday, which was, you know, Wednesday— and people are saying, okay, that Calgary deal is not going to happen, like yada, yada, yada. Um, although the, it's still coming down to the wire, and you've got Calgary and Vegas are the two teams. And then uh, last night, there wasn't really any reports that were just like, the deal's almost done. It was just kind of like, you know, more Eiffel speculation. Locally in Buffalo, another report came out about the stadium situation, which, like, Brian and I were just talking about that. Like, that's kind of taking up some attention of Buffalo sports fans. So the, the attention kind of got switched it away temporarily from the Sabres. And then, um, you know, you you go ahead and wake up this morning, and by 7 a.m. the deal was done. So, you know, wake up to Texas morning saying Eichel's been traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. And then, obviously, the, the situation there is with um you got a first round pick you've got a a a top 10 condition on that where if it's in the cop it's a 2022 (coughs) first round pick unless it's in the top 10 then it gets switched to a 2023 first round pick um and then the second round pick that vegas is sending moves to 2024 if that first round pick moves to 2023 and then the third round pick going from Buffalo to Vegas is we'll also move to 2024 if those the it's the pick is top 10 protected and everything kind of moves down in that that domino effect there so uh, and then something else we mentioned Alex Tuck is currently on short-term IR with the Sabres he's supposed to be back in a month or so today on the press conference Kevin Adams said when he made the trade he knew it would be a couple of months mm-hmm. until Tuck gets back um I'm a, you know, maybe couple is two, like maybe they're just going to keep him, keep it safe. Maybe it's a month. I don't don't know how that goes. Um, When he got hurt, he had shoulder surgery and they said it'd be a six month timeline. I believe that was in June Mm -hmm. that he had that surgery. So um, he is currently on, again, on short term IR because they need his money to hit the cap floor. Yeah. 
And then Peyton Krebs is going straight to the AHL, which was interesting to me because we've talked about our roster now on three straight podcasts. Of course, one of them didn't get published because, I don't know, my crouch band didn't work. But he probably would be a top 12 player on this Sabres roster right now. I'd have to imagine that's a short-term move. A move where you get him into the organization and you get him playing top six minutes with their minor league team for about two to three weeks before you call him up. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, it would be interesting too. like, let's say it's not. I'm fine if it's not. I mean, it, you know, it, it would be nice to see him play in the NHL because then you just kind of continually see his growth and development. Whereas like in Rochester, he's growing and developing, but you're not really seeing it as consistently. Yeah. Whereas it would be cool though. I mean, J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn are dominating down there right now, yeah. which is great to see. Um, yes. If you play them on a line together, the three of them, like that might be one of the best lines in the AHL. And that, of course, would be cool to see that chemistry get together and then have them all, like next year, all come up to the Sabres together and then have that chemistry where they can play together. Yeah, um, you want these guys growing up together. Right. Yeah. That's how you're going to develop. The last time, and again, history repeats itself, but not. In the specifics, always, you know, you can't say, oh, this is the exact same as whenever. But um, the last time the Sabres were legitimately good was in like 2003 to 2004 when the Sabres brought up from the Rochester Americans then Ryan Miller and you're, you're bringing up Jason Pominville and Derek Roy and all of these players from your farm system that all have played together. You have a Thomas Vanek that you've drafted, and now you you bring in these guys. You got Danny Breer and Chris Drury, and that are all now playing together. That played together for a while, and everybody grows together like that. I think Drew Stafford was down there for a while in Rochester. You'd like to see maybe that vision of well, these guys kind of develop together in Rochester. Now they're going to come to the NHL together, and and now it's our time to to shine. Because um, again, we talked about it. Like as much as I would love to see Peyton Krebs play in the <coughs> NHL and make the Sabers better, yeah. you know. Um, I, he's not going to make them good enough to be like, well, maybe they are a legitimate playoff team now, because they're not. They're just genuinely no. not good enough to make the playoffs, and that's fine, because I think everybody knows that this year. But um, And you're also, you're playing halfway decent, but A, you got a couple of injuries that are not helping, and yeah. you're just, you're, we've talked about it before, the style of play is not sustainable, which is fine. Um it, you know, the so style next, of next year is, is your window. The style of winning is not sustainable. So yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what is, I meant to say. Thank you for correcting. Yeah, that, because yeah. the key to the team is they're consistently outplaying teams. They're trying to get good chances, and right. the problem is, is the goaltending is not sustainable, and right. that's the main reason they're winning hockey. Yes, yeah. is you can afford to play the way that you're playing when you're getting goaltending, right. and the second you're not getting goaltending. It's a struggle. Yeah, you're right. And and again, I, I think I should clarify like the wind when I say their window opens next year, I actually don't mean Stanley Cup window, but I think their window of just like being a team that legitimately is thought maybe you can make some noise in the wild card race, I think that's window opens next year. Or at least you'd hope so. It I, I depends. don't think that window's gonna be open next year. I think it's two years because your roster like construction is like like you're a team that's going to be mainly focused on just we need to get to the cap floor right and we're we're trying to develop our young players we want to make sure Cousins is playing we want to make sure Krebs is playing we want to make sure Middlestat's playing and it, this like we could see this next off season you could be taking the approach of acquiring players who have maybe one year left on their contract to get to the cap floor getting extra prospects and whatnot so after next season ends 
those contracts are off your books. These guys are, have developed a little bit more. Now you're going to form your roster for the next several years. Right. That That's the way that I feel like this is going to go for Buffalo. So two years down the line, you're going to have a, a pretty clear view of what you're going to be for the future, and that's when I think your window starts to open. That's a very fair point. I'm, I would, I'm because you're going to get the, you're going to get rid of the Gergensen is going to be gone. Yeah. Well, you'd hope. Opposed is so. going to be gone. Yeah. You know, like, like after that, like you have to figure out what you're going to do this year. I have to imagine. And you have you're right, going to move Miller at the deadline. This this team right now is constructed on a lot of. One year, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar. One year, nine hundred fifty thousand dollar. Or I mean, even like guys like like I said, like Miller's only got one year left on his deal. He right. could be a guy that you trade at the deadline. Yeah. Will Butcher is a guy that you could trade at the deadline. Yeah. But you could also extend him because I don't think he's played poorly this season. No, he he has been scratched a couple of times, but due to injuries, he's found his way into the lineup and played fine. <coughs> yeah, um, you definitely like. A now, he's a, bit he's of help. a guy that I make fun of a lot. Like, right. oh my god, there's Will Butcher again, spamming shots from the point. Oh, oh my god, he I, he shoots everything. But, um, I mean, it reminds like, me of my buddy Ryan. We played beer league with him. You know, it's a weird comparison to make. It's but a very weird comparison just, to compare him to some dude that nobody else knows. Yeah, but I, I, I do appreciate you shout doing out, it though. Shout out Ryan. His favorite thing to do is just get the puck at the point and just rifle a slap shot right into the guy's shin pads right in front of him. It's yes. his favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, Will Butcher hits the glass behind the net like ninety yeah. percent of the time. Oh yeah, he hits the glass. Right. If Ryan's shot does not hit the shin pads, it narrowly misses someone's teeth and then hits the glass behind the net. That's usually <laughs> yeah. what happens. <laughs> well, no, Will Butcher does a very good job of keeping the shots low. So yeah. when he misses the net, he misses the net low. Yeah. Occasionally, he hits like so it goes off to something and maybe ends up deflex. On that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice deflection. Yep. So he he gets assist that way, but you know. <laughs> um, speaking speaking of sometimes accidentally getting in the way of a puck. Yeah. Uh, we talked last episode. We joked about Jonas Johansson. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets put up five on him yesterday because the Avalanche started him. Thank God, and we won. So. Uh, congratulations! Congratulations to the Columbus Blue Jackets for you won an overtime, right? Yeah, we we are three and zero in overtime this season. Ooh! Patrick Laine has two overtime winners, and then last night it was Jake Bean. He had two goals. Damn! Cole Sillinger became the youngest Blue Jacket ever yesterday to score three points in a game. Good for him. He's he's having a really good start to the year. He's having a really good start. He's a really good player. Jeff Skinner had his first multi-goal game in like two years uh, against San Jose. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. They said Saber, the um, Sabres PR <coughs> tweeted out that Jeff Skinner now has like seven points in his last five games against San Jose or, or something to that effect. I don't have the tweet in front of me. I'm just going to leave my phone sitting on the table lazily. Um, but a lot of people were thinking back to the ten, the original 10-game winning streak when he scored on like a pretty sick move in overtime on Martin Jones. Yeah. And it was just that like that was the 10th win. And it was the most electric goal. Like I, I, I like you know how you sit, like there's you talk about other people just like remembering where they were for sports moments. Um, that was I you know just like I can I can still think back and it's like I'm there sitting in my living room watching that game against San Jose. Yeah, at home. I found the, I love I found that, the tweet. I remember That's, exactly where I was sitting there watching that regular season win over San Jose before we missed the playoffs. Do you not do? You, like are you like? No, I'm making fun of you. Right yeah, now. but like, why are you making fun of me? That's legit. It, it was a ten game winning streak. Fine. Right? It was so I, fun. Sorry, I, I've had a longer than a ten, a ten game winning streak for my team. I know Ohio State wins a lot of football games, Jay. Well, at Columbus. Yeah. Okay. They won sixteen in a row. Uh, I'm very proud of them. Yeah, and you know what they did that year? Missed the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Oh wow! What happened in the playoffs? 
Well, they won 50 games and they made the playoffs. And they'll have and, the and playoffs. Then they, and then they played the Penguins, who uh, won the Stanley Cup. So no. that's my excuse that the Penguins. <laughs> nobody else could beat them in the playoffs, so that's my excuse. That's your kryptonite in the playoffs, is the Penguins. Not the Lightning. No, no. Our kryptonite in the playoff are teams that go on to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> we lost to the Penguins in 2017, they won the Stanley Cup. Next year, we lost to the Capitals, they won the Stanley Cup. The next year. You lost. We, well, we ended up losing. We beat Tampa, but then we lost to the Bruins, who went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost in seven. But then the next year, we lost to Tampa Bay, who went on to win the Cup. So if you beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in the playoffs, the, the message here is you are at least guaranteed to go to the Stanley Cup Final and go to Game 7. If not, you're going to win the Stanley Cup. Can, can the Rangers play in the playoffs? No. Like, Come on. Well, no, because we're not going to be in the playoffs this year. That's fair. You're going to have to play like yeah. you're gonna play the Islanders in the first round. Oh, whoops. whoops. Vinny can cut that out. I found the tweet that you were talking about. What's the tweet? So it says, Jeff Jeff Skinner's goal tonight gives him a point in each of the last five games against the Sharks. Okay, so it's it's five points in five games, not seven points in five games. That's a big difference. It is big. By two. Yeah. The Sabres tweeted 11 minutes ago uh, from practice in Seattle. Mm -hmm. It's... uh, Will Borgen and Marcus Johansson with <coughs> Cody Eakin, Rasmus Dahlin, and then another random pair of legs that I, I can't see whose face it is, um, just like on the ice. And yeah. a bunch of people are just like, this is not the most important thing to be tweeting right now. Please, like, I, yeah. I don't care. Wait, you know, on, on this day, we need to focus on Marcus Johansson and Will Borgen. Which, it would be nice to have Will Borgen back on this team, I will say. I, I guess. It would be nice to have a minor league defenseman playing third-pairing minutes. I mean... Would you, is he, I mean, he's better than, I would say he's more defensively adapt than most of our defensemen have been playing this year. I guess. But I don't think you guys want to play a very defensive game. I think no, but it would be I, nice I, I to, I think like, you guys are a team that wants to attack. And that's why you need good goaltending. So, what do you think about the return? So, again, I said this before we went on the podcast. I am somewhat underwhelmed by the return, but I'm not, I, it's not unexpected. You were were hoping for more, More, but but you were actually expecting less. I guess, yeah, I I, I think yes, in in a way. And part of that is just, I was expecting the Sabres organization to disappoint me. Like, you know, that's just kind of what it boils down to, but... Yeah, I, I was hoping for more. I was hoping for maybe another first-round pick. Like, I don't know, that's a little bit of a stretch. But I guess, like, you thinking, like, part of you is just like, buddy, so good. Um, but, yeah, I think you're hoping. And, again, part of the reason you hope for more is two days ago, you were under the impression that Matthew you were maybe going to get Matthew table. Kachuk with yeah. a first-round pick, a former first-round player, and then two prospects. Yeah. yeah. Like, when that's on the table and then this is what you get <clears> – <throat> Even it's though you know that that deal wasn't real, I think part of you is still like, but couldn't we have gotten close? Yeah. Um, my original thought was that when the Sabres didn't retain any salary, um, somebody tweeted that they talked to GM, um, GMs and executives around the league that said, essentially, imagine how much more the Sabres could have gotten if they retained some of his salary. But Eichel's on the books for five more years, and I'm actually it's really, I'm really glad like, they did not do that. And GM Kevin Adams said on the press conference today that, it was a non-starter to retain salary. He was not retaining any salary. You which can't. to me was almost a, a good thing to hear him say that because he has a plan. 
Yeah. And it was it was nice to hear that he's like got a concrete like no 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 I know what I'm doing we're gonna not retain salary because I have a plan to do this 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 and this so that was nice to hear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think coming it comes down to like I wanted I was hoping for more because this is a player that just was the hope of the franchise. I mean, the whole point was that the tank worked and we got Eichel and we got a generational talent as a center and we we got somebody to play who's who's the best player on the team, very six talented. Six five center who can skate like the and wind, he can shoot he's the great shot, out. he got he's, hands. He's you a know, great passer. He is, like, yeah, he was he was a great yeah. all around player. I mean he was just he wasn't McDavid, he was Jack Eichel, which is perfectly fine by me. And I think he was I, my dad told me this once, which um, is interesting to think back on now. And he said that um, we were watching, you know, we'd gone to a couple of games. My, we didn't really ever go to a ton of Sabres games, but the few games I did go to, every time that Eichel touched the puck in the neutral zone or the offensive zone, there's a chance he could score. I mean, and that's just yeah, something you, 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 you haven't you get had out of your that. Seat a little bit. Like, yeah, well, what's, that's, what's it going to do with there, the puck? Eichel, every time Eichel came in, like Eichel on a two on one with Zemgis Gergensens or Jason Pominville when they played together online. And I would stand up and I'd put my arms on the seat next to me. I'd be like, oh my God, it's a two-on-one. Michael's got the puck. And it was just, he had the ability to bring people to their feet when he played. He had that electric style. And I mean, my dad, who I, I constantly talk about is very old-fashioned, his, his view of hockey. Um, he was one of the people that was disappointed we traded Ristolainen. Which was hilarious. But yes, but, absolutely hilarious. But my dad hockey. did say he's like, this is Eichel. What Eichel does to people when he plays hockey is what Gilbert Perrault used to do <coughs> when, when my dad was a kid. Yeah. When my dad was young, Gilbert Perrault would touch the puck and my dad would stand up and he'd go, oh, something might happen here. When Eichel touched the puck, I would stand up because, oh, something might happen here. And that was the beauty of having a player like that. And that's where it stems from having, you know, you, you wanting to get more from him because you're disappointed that you can't keep him here for longer. So I guess, yeah, I, I wanted more in return, but I, I guess I didn't expect more. I, I expected less. there's so many external factors. Right. One being he's his injured. neck. Yeah. His neck. And he's going to get a surgery where we've never seen an athlete get this surgery before. Right. We don't, especially in their prime, we don't know what's going to happen to him after it. So it's a huge risk on the Golden Knights part. Second, he didn't retain any salary. So to right. get this kind of a return is, a, is, is probably the best that they were going to do. And mm-hmm. what did you get in return? Alex Tuck is a top six player. Yep. Like, and he's going to be in your top six. Yep. I don't mean a top six in the NHL. I mean, he's, a, he's, he's a, going to play on the Buffalo Sabres. Who's usually going to, on most teams, going to be a really good second line winger. He's going to be on your first line because right. he's the best winger you have. Yeah, correct. No doubt about it. Um, you get Peyton Krebs, who, God, I mean, is he going to be your number one center? Probably not. But there's a lot of excitement around the team because right down the middle, you look and you're like, Dylan. God, we got Dylan Cousins. No, you have Casey Middlestat, Peyton Krebs. You got Peyton Krebs. Yeah. And hell, I, I mean, Tage Thompson's I, 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 I was going to say, yeah, center. Tage Thompson's got reasons to be excited yeah. about because he's been playing well. And he but you have the option too. of playing him on the wing because right. you, you don't really necessarily just want to put, put him on the fourth line. For no, that, you're absolutely right so, about that. That's another reason to be excited. And then, oh my God, well, we get a first-round pick. Now, now the first-round pick's interesting because it's top 10 protected. And the reason that's interesting is because when you look at the Golden Knights and you're like, well, what, what are the chances they're going to get the top 10? Well, they are in a bad division, but at the end of they're the day... They're not playing well right they're now. Not, well, they're not playing well right now. They're but everybody's injured. The everybody's reason injured. is because everybody's Max injured. Pacioretty's out. 
Mark Stone is out. Zach Whitecloud is out. William Carlson's out. Nolan Patrick, stunner, is out. I mean, like you look at like look at the line pairings. Like you've got your number one center right now is Nick Waugh playing with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchesso. Yeah. And then you got your second line of Will Carrier. 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 Yeah. He before Ruffle Saber, Will Carrier. God. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because like he's a no. He was he was he was a yeah. healthy scratch here for a terrible Sabers team. He played. He was on our fourth line, or he didn't yeah. play. He's we picked him up off of waivers. With, he's playing with Chandler Stevenson and Evgeny Dadnov. Yeah, and then they got Keegan Kolazar with Mike Amadio, who they just got off waivers on the third line, along with Matthias Janmark. And their lines are incomplete. Their fourth line's got Brett Howden and Jake LeCision. They don't have an official right winger as of right now because they need to call somebody up. <laughs> so, like, they're, they're injured to hell. Yeah. So, you're looking at this like you're, well, you're hoping that, like, you know, Stone, you don't know when Stone's going to be back. You you hope that Patches will and, and William Carlson will be back soon enough. You hope that uh, Nolan Patrick's not going to be out uh, for too long. But as of right now, you're injured to hell. Alex Petrangelo is not playing well at yeah. all. And, you know, you, you need to kind of be able to just hold yourself above water yeah. long enough until Eichel comes back so you can make a run to make the playoffs and then you can make noise in the playoffs. That's, right. that's their plan. Right. But the, my problem with Vegas, and this is why I think Buffalo can actually win this trade, is not so much in terms of the production that they're going to get out of the trade, it's going to be a situation where Vegas can lose the trade because it might be a trade where you look back and say, but why did you make it? And the reason I say that is, I'm just going to put, so this is from Jay Fresh, who obviously you guys know I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, and this yeah, is something yeah, I very, very, very much agreed with, that he made a point. He said, I'm just going to put this out there. Pacioretty, Stevenson, and Stone. That is typically their top line. They have played 844 minutes in both the regular season and the playoffs since the Vegas Golden Knights flipped a fifth-round pick to get Stevenson. Their expected goals in that time, they're expected to outscore teams 42-30. to 30. That's 58.6%. Actual goals, 69-27. to 27. That means they're getting 27 more goals than expected while allowing three goals less. It's a 30-goal swing. Those numbers are not easy to improve on. Everybody's looking at this like, God, could you imagine Eichel with stone and patches? And it's like, they're already dominant. How, how much are you going to improve on those already incredible numbers? Right. So, like, like, not needing an expensive franchise center, that was arguably Vegas' biggest competitive advantage. Yeah. Was they didn't have to spend... $10 million on a franchise center. Right. Now that they have one, Chandler Stevenson's making 2.7. Are they going to be getting $7.3 million more in production off that top line? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Their know. best bet would probably be to keep that top line together and actually put him in a second line role where you play him with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault. Well. Now, this is assuming everybody's healthy. Right. And that would allow you to move William Carlson down to the third line. And you play with Matthias Janmark and Evgeny Dadnov. Now, that's a great top That's nine. a great third But, line. again, it's assuming everybody's healthy. And the other thing is, this could be a great move if you make the playoffs this year. You have an opportunity to make noise in it. Yeah. 
but what does this mean long term for them? Tuck is the first significant sacrifice that you are making to get Jack Eichel. Because Peyton Preps is just a prospect. Right. Like right. He played for them a little bit, but yeah, he's just a like prospect. He's he wasn't making bit, any money. Yeah. So the rest of this roster will have to be weakened in order to keep this ship together for the next couple of years. And starting off with that, you're only going to have $2.5 million in projected cap heading into next season if you're the Golden Knights. That's not a lot. Which means Riley Smith is a UFA. He's gone. Matthias Yanmark. UFA is gone. Ben Hutton, UFA, is gone. Brayden McNabb, UFA, is gone. And then you have $2.5 million in RFA, like in money, RFAs. You have Nick Haig. You have Keegan Colazar, Mike Amadio, Nick Waugh, Jake LeCision, uh, Jonas Ronberg, Brett Howden. I don't know. Like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to cut some of the fat of the team. Yeah. Riley Smith's a big loss. Braden McNabb's a big loss. A, those are big but losses. Matthias Yadmark's a big loss. Yeah. Well, I would love so, to add. I would love to add Riley Smith to the Sabers. Yeah, he's a good player. So like you're you're in a position now where you're like, if you don't do it, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, if you don't win it this year, how do you improve on this roster next year? Yeah. So, do you think Vegas is cup or bust? Uh, wow, cup or bust this year? I don't know if they're. Yeah, they're, it's cup or bust. Are they, it has to be. Are they that much cup or bust? They are. Because I think I don't know. Because it's not like the team is completely torn apart. Like you have a lot. They're of not completely pieces. torn apart, but it's significantly harder to win a Stanley Cup next year when you don't have a Riley Smith or yeah. uh, Matthias Janmark or Brayden McNabb. Right. And chances are, with that being said, you're going to make moves in the offseason. Like, after this season, if you only have two and a half and you got to try and keep some of these RFAs on your roster and you want to make moves to get better, I'd have to imagine you're probably not going to keep Evgeny Dad enough because after the season, he's only going to have one year left on his contract at $5 million. That might be a move where you try and get rid of him because he's not necessarily an integral part of the roster. He, he's so he's a forward that like he can produce like you, you like him in the middle six, but like I said, losing Riley Smith sucks. I, I I'd almost beg to say that just because of how loaded you are offensively, that Braden McNabb might be a bigger loss, just because defensively Petrangelo's not living up to expectation. So your two best defensemen on the roster right now are Shea Theodore and Alec Martinez. Yeah. So you need to be able to bolster defensively, and that might be where you start. Talk about that later. We'll okay, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I didn't know if, you, if we were going to talk about that. Today. Well, how is that a secret? I don't know. Did it? I don't know, whatever. But but that's my point. Is long term, if you don't win the Stanley Cup this year, it's not to say that you can't win it next year or the year after that. It's just that it becomes that much harder to right. do it when you have a ten million dollar player on the roster. Right. They can afford to do it right now. They have. Do you know how much projected cap space they have this season right now? Uh, I don't. If you want to guess, how many dollars do you think? I mean, they they have. I mean, Eichel's on long term IR. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm not, I don't feel as bad now. <laughs> My God, you guys are terrible at this. <laughs> Jay, you might as well drop <laughs> <laughs> later on in the podcast. Jesus. <laughs> God, you guys suck. Sorry, I'm having a rough morning. I'm very stressed out. I can't believe that that actually happened. Not the not swearing the Jack Eichel trace. Um, I swear to God, you were just about to drop it again. 
I was. I can't bear you. Caught yourself. I, I can see the like your mouth forming the F, and you have to be like, no, no, God. Okay, so Eichel's on long-term IR. Mark Stone is on long-term IR. Yes. So that frees up ten million dollars, and Mark Stone's contract is pretty close to that too. Nine and a half. There you go. So you have at least $20 million in caps. Well, unless that would put them over the cap. What do you have, like $45 million in cap right now? Their projected cap space is $0. (laughs) It is exactly $0. Because they are way over the cap, but they're just using LTIR, so they're not over the cap. But they have $0 in cap space. Wow. Because Jack Eichel's 10, Mark Stone's Stone's 9.5, Max Pacioretty's seven, and he's oh, on LTIR I right forgot now. Forgot about him. I really thought. And Jake Bischoff. I really thought. <laughs> he's also on LTIR. You can't forget about Jake How Bischoff. How much is Jake Bischoff making? He is making seven hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. Seven hundred sixteen? <laughs> yes. I didn't think. I thought the league minimum was seven fifty. Well, he probably signed. He probably signed that before that it got bumped up to oh, seven fifty. Oh, okay. He's 27 so years funny. old. Could you imagine if the league minimum was like 715? He's like, I'm not making the league minimum. They're like, fine, 716. He's like, okay, deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Anyway, though. Yeah, this, so, look, you're, you're Vegas. You're spending $7.3 million in goaltending <clears throat> on Robin Leonard and Laurent Bassois. I can't imagine that you're going to upgrade on that. Leonard's your guy. Bassois a good backup. Defense, you're spending about $24 million on that right now. You're probably not going to keep Ben Hutton. You're probably not going to keep Braden McNabb, unless, of course, like I said, if, if you can find a way to move Dad up, maybe you can sign McNabb to an extension. But it, it's hard to improve upon this defense as of right now because Martinez is locked up, Theodore's locked up, and unfortunately for them, they've got Petrangelo locked up at 8.8 per year. And he is nowhere near the guy that he was in St. Louis. Like, like it, it's not talked about enough. There are certain teams that get certain coverage with players and stuff like that. Could you imagine the type of coverage Alex Petrangelo would be getting right now if he was a Toronto Maple Leaf? People would be killing Kyle Dubas right now if he, if he gave him that contract because Petrangelo has just been terrible for them. But that's, yeah, that's ultimately my point. I don't, I don't know... Past this season, your goal, if you're Kelly McCrimmon as, as the general manager of the Golden Knights, is going to be trying your best with the resources you have to keep this team under the cap <coughs> while also keeping them in the best position to win hockey games, not losing as much value or talent on the roster. Right. And that's hard to do when you just added a guy who's making $10 million. And here's the other thing that, we're, that we haven't even discussed yet. This is assuming that Jack Eichel returns to the player that he once was. And that's no guarantee. He's got to get this surgery. He's going to be out for at least four months. There could always be setbacks. You never know. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that when he gets back on the ice that he is going to be the Jack Eichel that we saw with with the Buffalo Sabres. If he is only 85% of what he, like like you need, if you're Vegas and you're going to win this trade, 
You need him to be 95% or better yeah. of the player that he once was. If he's only 85% of what he once was, that's still a damn good player. But it's not. But that's not worth $10 million you're paying him. That's not worth $10 million that's on your cap that you have to cut fat from your roster on every year to account for while you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Right. That's where I, I understand that that doesn't necessarily... That, that's not the Sabres' problem. But that's at least where Vegas might be looking back on this a couple of years. If they don't win a Stanley Cup in the next three years, they might be looking back on this in a couple... Like, three years from now, like, was this worth making the trade? Because it's going to be hard right. for Buffalo. I like Peyton Krebs. I like Alex Tuck. Second round pick sounds nice. First round pick sounds nice. What are the chances that those four pieces add up in total value to Jack Eichel, what he once was with the Sabres, and a third round pick? The answer is, it's not great. Right. The chances of that happening are not great. Because you're going to need Alex Tuck to continue to be what he is, which is a top six winger, and play consistently under first line. You're going to need Peyton Krebs to be a really good middle six center. And you're going to need to hit on both of those picks. And you're going to need Vegas to not hit on that third round pick. There's a chance, there's a very good chance that that doesn't happen. Yeah. But I still like the pieces. The, the question, though, is, is, is there's two different ways that you got to go with this. Vegas has to win a Stanley Cup with Jack Eichel. And the Sabres need to be able to use Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and the two picks to get, you know, to use those picks to get guys who are going to be consistently a part of this lineup. You need Alex Tuck to be a long-term part of the Buffalo Sabres. Right. And there's a chance that he could be because he's from Syracuse. Right. I mean, the biggest thing is Kevin Adams says over and over that he wants players that want to be here, that are excited to be Buffalo Sabres, to be wearing the blue and gold. I'd have to imagine that there were... Maybe they didn't talk directly with them, but there is at least inklings within the organization and between both sides that Alex Tuck would be okay with this trade because he would be playing for the hometown Sabres. According to Mike Zeisberger from NHL.com. Which is just an absolutely elite name. Elite name. His ad on Twitter is literally just Zeisberger, which is sick. Quote, what Alex told me was, colon, quote, it's a dream come true to be a Buffalo Sabre. End quote. This is a guy who grew up watching the Sabres and dreamed about playing for the Sabres. That's powerful. End quote. GM Kevin Adams re Alex Tuck. It seems like he wants to be here in a sense. Uh, so yeah, so Alex Tuck, he's from Syracuse. We've mentioned that like three times in the past four minutes. Um, he played in the 11-day power play, which is like a, a world every year they like set a world record for the longest continuous hockey game. They played at Harbor Center. Now it's going to be at Riverworks. Um, and you can play the community shift. You play like four hours or three hours on the ice with your friends, and you raise money for Roswell Park uh, Cancer Institute. He played on the Sabres alumni team a couple years ago just because he's from around here and he wanted to do it. So that's pretty cool. And he seems like he's, um, you know, he, I think he generally likes it. This is a picture of him in his 11-day power play gear with his Vegas helmet and socks and gloves. That's pretty cool. That is that's pretty, pretty neat. So, it's funny that he's forward. wearing his home gloves with his away helmet and away socks, though. Right. Well, I mean, now, those home helmets are disgusting. Like in the 
yeah, in the, the bad way. <laughs> yeah, well, you mean the gold ones or the gray ones? The gold ones. The, the gold, gold ones are gross. This is back. This was a couple years ago before they had the gold helmets. Oh, okay. This is the gray with, ones. That was, nice. This yeah, is gray. This is gray helmets. Okay. I would say the gold ones now they're ugly. Now, this is the, this is what you were just pointing to. The yeah. Sabers in this upcoming draft, they have their own first round pick, and they've got two first round picks. One property of the Panthers, one property of the Golden Knights. Both of those picks are top 10 protected. Now, you don't have to worry about the Panthers being top 10 protected. No. They're not going to be picking in the top 10. Right. There's just no way. Right. Unless every player on the team gets COVID for the next three months, they're not going to be picking in the top 10. So, you you know, that's basically a guarantee. Um, Vegas, I'd have to imagine, are probably not going to be picking in the top 10. I feel like they're going to be able to figure it out. They have their own second round pick, own third round pick, own fourth. New Jersey's fifth. Yeah. And then their own and sixth and their own seventh. So that's... You have ten picks in this draft. Three of them in the first round. Which is... Which is really good. Yeah. And then, and then next year, you got your own first round pick, and then you got three second round picks. You know, uh, your right. own. You got the Flyers. You've got uh, Vegas. the Golden Knights. And then... Actually, my bad. They have nine first. They have nine picks in this upcoming draft. They traded away their own fifth. Yeah, that's what I said. I said they just they, they just have new jerseys. That's yeah, good, but uh, still nine picks is not bad. It's not bad at all. They got a lot of picks. So for the future, like Skinner's under contract, you're not moving him. That contract's unmovable and he's right. no movement clause. Okay. Kyle Lapozo's contract ends after next season. Samgus Gergensen's contract ends after next season. Tage Thompson, Anders Bjork, Dylan Cousins, Rasmus Asplund will be our phase after next season. For this upcoming season, like after this season, our phase, Victor Olafson, Arthur Rutzleinen, Brett Murray, and Jacob Bryson. <laughs> and you have a lot of UFAs. Especially Cody them. Eakin. Vinny Henestroza, Drake Kajula, John Hayden, Colin Miller, Will Butcher, Robert Hag, uh, Mark Pizik, Christian Wolanin, Craig Anderson, Dustin Tokarski. So, there's, there's going to be a lot of roster overall with this team. A lot. Yeah. Like, I'd have to imagine uh, Henestroza... Miller, Butcher, and Hag are all guys who could definitely be flipped at the deadline. I think those are all your trade candidates. And I don't know, d- depending on long term, I mean, you could keep Victor Olison. Depends on, on, on how they view him. I think he's been playing pretty well this season. He yeah. actually hasn't been his typical empty calorie Donut of a player. He has. He hasn't been a total donut of a player this season. Um, I've actually liked what I've seen from him five on five. So I mean, if he can, continues to improve upon that, I mean, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't tend him a qualifying offer and then try to come to some sort of contract extension with him. But who knows? He, he could also be a guy that you, you flip at the deadline for, for the right price too. It depends on, right. on the organization view and what their future is. But long term. All I know is the players that you're going to see on this team long term are Jeff Skinner, Rasmus Dahlin, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins. Yeah. 
I have to assume Peyton Krebs would, is going to be a long term guy. Yeah. yeah. So. And here, here, here's the other thing that that, that needs to be mentioned. Yeah. Here's the other thing that needs to be mentioned. So I, I just mentioned. Oh my God. Well, they got three first round picks. This is the one thing I've noticed about NHL teams and GMs. And and who knows? I, I mean, I'm not saying that uh, that Kevin Adams is going to be like this, but this is just what I tend to notice when you have other teams' first round picks. For some reason, NHL GMs, when they get another team's first round pick, they trade those things away like candy. Yeah. yeah. They're like, ooh, they're extra. We have, we have an extra first round pick. What can we get for it? They're like, they love trading other teams' first round picks. So that could be in the works for, for Buffalo this offseason if they want to make moves to maybe get young guys from other teams to yeah. speed up the process. Mm-hmm. That could be a part of it. I don't know. You never know how, how certain GMs are going to go about it. But I would prefer for Buffalo to keep these picks and build long-term for the future because they started off well this season. And, and, and think about it. This team is 5-3-1 and one right now. They're 5-3-1 and one without Jack Eichel. They didn't play any of those games with Jack Eichel. Yeah. They also didn't play any of those games with a third-round pick. So you're adding Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck to this yeah. roster. Right. So, like, they they got better today because Jack Eichel wasn't a saber. He was, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? Right. So, so, so you get better. Um, but we, we, we also understand, though, that while they got better today, they're still not a playoff team this year. They're not going to be a playoff team next year. Your window opens the in the 2024 season. So, build for the future. That's, that's what I want to see them do. I want to see them build for the future. And I want to see them build around Alex Tuck and Dylan Cousins, and who, who knows, maybe even maybe even Victor Olson. Right. Continues okay, I got a question for you, Vinny. Go for it. Who do you see between the pipes next year as a saber? That's such a loaded question. Um, okay, well, let, let me because Tukarski and Anderson are both UFAs. I'd imagine that neither of them are going to be back. Unless they want to keep Tukarski they might, as a backup. They might okay, keep Tukarski. Then let me, let, me, let me back it up. Do you see Ukapuka... Yeah, Ukapuka... Ukapekalukanen. Thank you. Whatever. Wow, that was... Whatever. Ukapekalukanen. UPL. Yeah, UPL. UPL. Please call him UPL. Ukapupulukamu. Whatever. Do you see him in net for the Sabres next year? No, I don't. No, I don't think He hasn't played well enough. Yeah, he hasn't played well enough in this year. Um, either in the NHL or even in Rochester to really show to me that he's good enough to be an NHL starter next year. Again, you need a goalie that, realistically, you want to find a goalie next year that's going to start 55 games for you. And um, I don't think they have that. They maybe have it in the organization in the future, but I don't think you have a goalie that can start 55 games for you next year. Um, And at least maintain a decent save percentage in goals against average, I should say. You can have... Any individual on earth can start 55 games for an NHL hockey team. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you see, we've seen Vesta Toskala do it. Right. So it's just a matter of finding somebody who's good enough to be a good goalie, especially in this system, to play 55 games next year. Um, with that said, I think you're, you're looking at a I mean, situation in Rochester yeah. where, yeah, UPL is not playing well enough to me to be our starter next year. Um, you've got Eric Portillo, who's looked good at Michigan. He's of course, got he's got like a twenty save percentage and a two twenty five goals. But you know who's looked even better? 
Uh, Devin Levi. Oh my god, Devin Levi in eight games played. 940 save percentage and a 1.76 goals against average for Northeastern. Yeah, he's looked very, very good. Now, Devin Levi the thing is a that's stud. Maybe, Eric Portillo is a stud. Now, the thing with Eric Portillo is he has one of the best teams, if not the best team in college hockey in front of him, um, which, like, is interesting. I guess, I don't know how much you want to really read into that, but and he's I, good. I think you should weigh into it because here's the thing that you should be excited about. Oh my God, he's already used to Owen Power playing in front of him. Right. Yeah. Um, so you got chemistry. Right. So, but yeah, so you've got Portillo, who's in college. You've got Devin Levi, who's just looking fantastic right now. And Ukapakalukin. I've is, said this for a while. I don't think UPL is the guy. No. But. Should be for yawning. I'm at, sorry. The sa- at the same time, I don't think he needs to be. I think you've no, got two other guys. I think because you have two other guys, you don't need UPL to be the guy. If Devin Levi did not look as good at Northeastern right now and Portillo did not look good in Michigan right now, I think you'd be really pressing the panic button and like just kind of trying to force UPL into that role to just like hope he materializes into something. I think you're um, almost in a position, I think, where you might just need to flip him. And the reason I said like, like he, he could have success elsewhere and, and, and people might be looking at like oh my god, you traded this guy for like a third or a fourth, why did you do that? And he's having success elsewhere. And it's like, you need to understand the context of it sometimes. Right. Like, I understand patience is a virtue, but at the end of the day, I think you're going to show some patience with Devin Levi or Eric Portillo. I, I just I just don't think that UPL's the guy. Yeah, it's... He's kind of an all-the-tools kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're like, oh my god, he's big. He's tall. He's lanky. Yeah. You know, he, he, he can move. And then you look at him, and you're just like, "Wow, he's just not putting it together." Yeah. So. Oscar Dansk was always that guy for the Blue Jackets because we picked him like early second round, and I thought he was going to be so good, and he just never put it together. So, unfortunately, Scoos, I can't answer your question because okay. I, I, I really it don't was... know. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe they try and put Ukapeka Lukanen in, depending on how he finishes the year in Rochester. You know, my, you'd well, assume that Rochester can make the playoffs because of this forward. Group. My my initial question was to Jen. Are you okay? What? Oh, you were like wiping a tear away. Well, yeah, because I you're not such a giant yawn. I had when Jay was talking. Okay, that's oh, fair. Oh my god, it was okay. magnificent. Anywho, my question was more: Do you see UPL in that next year for the Sabres? That I, was more my question. There is a possibility that they try and bring him up if they let Anderson and Tokarski go. There's a chance that UPL is brought in. To back to, to to compete for the starting job in training camp. No. Maybe they do what they did with Aaron Dell this year and try and find a free agent goaltender that's to maybe compete with him. Yeah, yeah, that's what Your I would. Your free you know. agent app. So Mark Andre, I'll, I'll read off free agent goaltenders. Mark Andre Fleury. I don't necessarily think we would sign Fleury. I don't think. No, that I'm, I'm just listing them, and then I'm going to tell you who I think you. Might you go ahead and list them first, and I'm going to interrupt. Fleury, Koskinen, Kemper, Grice, Halak, Corpusalo, Schneider, Franzos, Holtby, Jones, Campbell. Riddick, DeSmith, Copley, Delia, Forsberg, Elliott, Subban, Wedgwood, Kincaid, Lankinen. Oh, ooh, Carter Hutton. Okay. I can there's one name that jumped out to me that just seemed like a goalie the Sabres would try and try and sign to compete with UPL for the starting job. Who do you think? Do you want to all say at the same time? Okay. Jonas Corpusella. Oh, I was gonna say Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell could be an option. The qu- I don't know how much money, you- and the re- here's the reason that I say Corpusallo or maybe Francois or maybe like a Grice or a Halak 
is I think you guys are going to want to go with an option, a goaltender that you can sign to like a two-year deal. Yeah, that makes That's, sense. I was thinking and you're not going, you're not going long term. You're going like a one or two-year deal for a guy because your your hope you're is bridging after those it until two, you're you got Portillo you or Levi, or right. maybe both in that. For right, you. right, right. So my problem is Jack Campbell is going to be thirty, and after his entire career of always being a backup and then finally getting the chance of being the starter. Because remember, he was a first-round pick back right. in 2011 for Dallas. And it took him a while to be a backup with Los Angeles and then a backup in Toronto before he got the starting job. This is his chance to make money, and he's going to want a long-term deal. So he's probably going to look for a four or five help. I mean, if he plays really well for Toronto, maybe he can even move land a six-year deal. As a that would ten. really surprise me. That, that would, would surprise really me. Really I imagine it's going to be four or five years, though. I don't think it behooves the Sabres to sign any goaltender to a four- or five-year contract when you're trying to develop Devin Levi and Eric Portillo. And and still, they haven't given up yet on on UPL. There's still a chance that they're hoping and holding out for him. That's why I imagine. My my top options, if you want to go with a younger guy who can maybe take on the starting role that maybe could be – a part of your goaltending solution long term, but you're only going to give a two-year deal. I think Corpusell is your best bet. But if you're only going to go with the guy for two years that you're not going to have after that, your best bets, I think, Halak. One would be Halak, and honestly, I think your absolute best bet though would probably be Braden Holtby. That would be really interesting if we get great Braden Holtby. He's been playing well at Dallas, so. But then again, you never know because he's going to be, I think, 33 by the time free agency rolls around. Maybe some team that's trying to contend is stupid and they hand him like a three-year contract or something like that. I, I right. don't, you never know how GMs are, but I don't know. I think your best options are probably Corpus Allo or Holtby. But another interesting option, Casey DeSmith's going to be 31, but he's had a rough season to start. I wouldn't touch Casey DeSmith. But again, you're, you're, the situation is maybe you can sign so many. The Sabres don't really need... Like they don't, they're going to be in a situation where they're not really worried about the cap hit if it's a one or two year deal because right. no, you're not worried about no, the cap no. hit at all. So you're not you're worried fine. about money necessarily, but what you can what you could think is you're not looking for somebody you're looking for somebody who's going to come in and compete for the starting job, mm-hmm. and you want to you know you maybe want to give a situation where like I don't think you're signing Braden Holpe to come in and back up, you know UPL UPL. I think you bring in somebody to compete. Right. So that's the thing is I could see them bringing in somebody like Casey DeSmith. like maybe like a Casey DeSmith, but I, I think yeah maybe like Yaroslav Halak, an older guy might be maybe good in the locker room. I don't know if Halak's good in the locker room. I've never met him. Well, I mean, if you're looking for a guy to compete, if you want someone to compete, Corpus is not a bad option. Right. Yeah. He, he's not the guy in Columbus. And again, he is a guy that's good. There's him. a lot of guys on that list that would probably fit. I mean, that's all, again, that's, that's all you need is a year or two. Another interesting name in here is Phoenix Copley. If you're looking for a guy that can compete, like I mean, he's been kind of like in the he's been kind of lost in the capital system, right? But he's I think a backup goalie in the NHL, but he can compete with a guy, so that's not a bad option. Maybe may, another guy, maybe. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of him personally, but like, not not against him as a person, but like maybe Malcolm Subban compete. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Scott Wedgwood compete. Like, like there's there's options if you're looking for a guy just to compete, but. I guess it kind of depends on just what you're looking for. Yeah, I think what will happen is we will sign one of those free agent goaltenders again. UPL will be brought in to compete for the starting job. One of them will be the backup. One of them will be the starter. They'll probably split games for the most part. That's what I was saying. Especially if they bring in a Halak who's older just to keep him him fresh. 
Right. Um, and then you get experience for UPL, and then after a year or two, uh, depending on how long you sign the goalie for, then you hope that Portillo's ready because he'll be gone. He'll be done in Michigan, and and Devin Levi will maybe have just looked good enough. You know, I don't know. He's after this year, he might try to make his jump, or maybe he stays for another year or two. You know, just to continue to dominate as a college goaltender. It it'll just it's really going to depend on them. And I think what's going to happen is I think then I, I you know. I think the starting goaltender opening night for the Sabers is probably a name on that list. That's fair. Like um, that—that's what I was thinking. Like, because like when he read off like Halak, I'm like, that's a that's a perfect goalie you can sign for one or two right. years. There's like a stopgap. Yeah. He's a veteran goalie. Yeah, that's exactly what they just did in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. Like he became a free agent, and Vancouver was like, oh, we just need a backup for right. Thatcher Demko because because Holby wasn't the guy. So, I mean. You know, they, they signed Holtby like, oh, we want him to compete. We want this to be competitive with the Demko. And then Demko ran away with the job. And they were like, okay, well, now we just need a backup. Right, right. So, um, but, I mean, at the, same, at the same time, if you're just talking about a guy who can compete for that job, not necessarily be a, not necessarily be the starter, not necessarily be the backup, just split time compete, you, you could also say that Dustin Tokarski's in Is that, that guy, yeah. But, I again, mean, yeah. I think part of the situation there is – Dustin, you've seen Dustin Tokarski and UPL battle each other right now. I think part of the thing is you might want to bring in somebody that's a little bit better than Tokarski, that's been a, a, a maybe a starter for a while and and why potentially. Now but at the, at the same token, it's also like, well, I mean, Dustin Tokarski, he's he's not great. I right. don't think he's bad, but he's not a backup on most teams. No, he's not. He he's he's your third goalie in most organizations. Right. right. It is incredibly concerning that UPL can't beat him out. Right. Well, that's what I mean is that that's why I think you're bringing in another external goaltender. That's why I think you're doing that and not re-signing Tukarski. You might re-sign Tukarski to go play in Rochester with whoever goes down there next year. Because right. I don't think you're bringing Aaron Dell back. Yeah, no. Especially the way he – like if he couldn't beat out Tukarski and Craig Anderson for the starting job and now he's – well, Aaron Dell, I don't think it's that good anyway. He's not, but again, like he's backing up UPL in Rochester, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's not a big deal because you just say it to a one-year deal, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. But again, like, you're not bringing him back, so maybe you bring Tukarski back, back to play in Rochester. Yeah. Okay. So uh, just to, just to jump back to the trade talk temporarily, not that this is anything breaking, but uh, James Kurdziel, uh from I don't even know where he's from. He's from. Minneapolis, maybe? He said, Is it possible that at the time the Kevin Weeks report was accurate, Kachuk got wind, flipped out, made it known he'd make it hell if they traded him and everyone had to pivot? I guess I don't understand how Weeks could be so wrong on this. Of course, referencing the Calgary deal that was supposedly on the table that wasn't. Tim Graham, who we all know Tim Graham, said, Yeah, who said, Is it possible that a former Carolina Hurricanes teammate was helping a buddy drive up the price for another suitor. That was my opinion. That was what I was just about to say. It's very possible that Kevin Weeks, having ties, was helping out the Buffalo Sabres in a way. This is the offer out there from Calgary to drive up the price of Vegas. Right. That's not un- unheard of. We've seen this several times right. and in the media. Of course, you can friends. check that. Like, I don't know, like maybe Calgary just calls, or maybe Vegas calls Calgary and, and says, like, is this hey, is this actually true? And they're like, no. And, and like, then they're no, like, okay, just, whatever. Yeah. Or maybe they're like, ooh, like, I don't know, do we want to check? And then them say no, and then us just off. Like, maybe there is that level of doubt where you're like, okay, well, Calgary said it's not their deal, but 
maybe they are saying that on purpose so we don't up off our offer and then Calgary gets Eichel. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, there's it a, becomes very it's much a such a games, kind of you know, it's a gamesmanship situation. And you're in the position if you're Calgary where if you're like, well, if we tell them, yes, this is our offer. Then they're definitely going to be Then they're going to up their offer, which means that we actually have to up, up our, our offer. offer. Which yeah. is already good. Which is yeah. already good to try and get this guy. So, like, we want to say no, but they might not believe us. So, like, it, it becomes a tough situation. I don't know what the deal with that was, but it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Now, looking forward to the future, uh, since we're already talking about free agency, one of the things that this team desperately needs is more help on defense. So you got Darlene, he's locked right. up. You got Yoki Haru, he's locked up. That's really just about it. Yep. Everybody else is on one of your deals. Hag's probably not going to be back next year. Will Butcher might be back. He could be. Depending That's on how you feel situation. about him and depending on price, but he also could be a deadline deal. Um, Something to say about Robert Hag, though. Kevin Adams specifically mentioned him today in saying that he's taken up a leadership role in the locker room that players are surprised. Really like. He wasn't very good in Philadelphia. Which I, is, I again, I was also surprised at that. But yeah, so they, they he said, been bad this you year. lose your captain, you know, Kevin, you know, you lose your captain. What did you, what was your message to the players? And he goes, well, I, at the beginning of the season, I went and I talked to them and I said, I'll answer any of your questions and I'll talk about whatever you need and let me know. And... You know, Zemgis and Kyle, of course, Zemgis and Kyle Oposo have been the two assistant captains. He said they've been great to this team, and they're the leaders that we completely expected and needed them to be, and they've been that and more. And also, other guys have stepped up in the locker room, like, you know, and he, and he said the names of, he said Robert Hag, and I forget who else he mentioned. Oh, he said uh, Craig Anderson and Robert Hag and somebody else. I don't remember who it is. Um, have also stepped up to you know just help the you know all these young guys develop. So that was interesting to hear on on that side. Um, so Joe DiBiase, who's on the radio in Buffalo, WJR five fifty, was twenty hours ago. Of course, before this all happens. Um, so twenty hours ago was yesterday. That was Wednesday when Kevin Weeks said the understanding is the Kachuk thing. Joe DiBiase said because he said a former first round pick is in the deal. And Joe DiBiase says former first round picks on the Flames. Sean Monahan, Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Nikita Zadorov, former saver, Mikel Backlund, Trevor Lewis, Eric Goodbranson, Yuso Velimaki, and Connor Zari. Some of these, like Backlund, are from a billion years ago, and it'd be incredible if Weeks meant them. I'm sure that, you know, we don't know, but really, really interesting. Marianne Gabrick retired, of course, today from hockey. Yeah. Uh, Jay Fresh. You retweeted this. Do you see that? His Yes, his, his player card in 2010 was ridiculous. Oh, my God. For 27-year-old, first-liner, projected WAR percentage was 99%. His, his even-strength offense was just off the charts. 80, 89% even-strength offense. Even-strength defense was 51%. Power play was 72%. Not available penalty kill. He didn't kill penalties much. Exactly. Uh, his finishing was 100%. His goals per 60 minutes was 99%. His assists, his primary assists per 60 minutes was 97%. His penalty was 93%. Uh, QOC, actually, quality, quality of, of competition. competition, okay, 98%. 98%. So he was consistently playing against team's top here. And defense. quality of time, I believe. Teammates. Teammates, okay. Was 97%. Yeah. What an electric guy. Yeah, that was pretty unbelievable. We are. We, we we're, are. We're transitioning so, yes. now from from Marion Gabrick to another big contract that was signed. 
He's my favorite player. I love Adam Fox. So Adam Fox signed a seven-year deal worth $9.5 million average annual value a year. That's a really All good. I sit back and think about is just like I'm looking at some of these contracts for a defenseman. Seth just Jones. Like, <laughs> it's hilarious because some, like, like I'm just like some of these contracts would be so ridiculous because you look at the Seth Jones deal and I love Zach Wierenski. I do. I think he's really good. Still nine and a half steep, steep for him. He's probably more worth like eight, eight and a half. But I look at some of these contracts and I'm like, oh my god, some of these would be so ridiculous. And I see like Quinn Hughes signs for like 7.8 over 6, and then Adam Fox is 9.5 over 7, and I'm like, oh, so, no. These defensemen aren't always going to be overpaid. It's just that some GMs are really stupid. Because part of me is wondering, like, what in the hell is Kale McCarr going to get in Colorado? Because even though he hasn't won the Norris like Fox has, the difference between Fox and McCarr is McCarr's played more. Right, because he he has more seasoning under his belt. Because Fox, I mean, this, that was after his second season in the NHL mm-hmm. that he he, Won the he got the contract. Yeah. Whereas Kale McCarr, it's like this is like immediate. Like this dude has played more time. Has been a part of the organization more. I wonder what contract he is going to get. But then again, part of me is like, oh. It's Joe Sackick in the Colorado Avalanche. He's probably going to get an eight-year deal, and it's probably going to be like $8 million. Didn't he get signed for nine? Not NHL news. Did he already sign his contract? I thought Cal McCarr got signed for nine. I thought it was like nine, $9 million a year. So, okay, so this is insane. So I completely missed that he signed his extension. He is making $9 million. That is so f***ing players. See? You're welcome. So we're three for three. Yeah. All, I had to get it in there at least once to make you guys not feel bad. So we got... This, this literally just goes into Joe Sackick just being yeah. an absolute wizard. Six years, 54. It's unbelievable. Some of these GMs are so stupid, and some of these, these GMs are unbelievable with what they do. There's no reason there should be a world where Adam Fox is making nine and a half, Kale McCarr is making nine, and Seth Jones also makes <laughs> nine and a half. Yeah, that's true. I thought he only made nine. Or is it nine and a half? No, it's nine and a half. Because he signed that deal, and then two weeks later, Zach Wrenski signed his deal, and it was worth a little bit more than nine and a half. Oh, my God. It was so ridiculous. Oh, it's just... And my thing is, it's like with the Rangers, it's like Adam Fox knows that the, the Rangers are going to be good in, it, like, in, the, oh God, yeah. in the coming years. We, we, like, real quick... Keep and keep keep, okay. keep going. So you know, like Adam Fox probably could have gotten, you know, being a Norse winner, ten, ten and a half, eleven. If somebody really wanted to over, if somebody was going to overpay for him, so taking nine, nine, nine and a half for as long as he did, that's a really good deal. And plus, the cap goes up every year. So as the cap goes up, the deal looks better and better and better. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Go for it. What do you got? Who did I project to win the Metro? Carolina, right? Yeah. And you picked the Rangers to finish second. Who is one and two in the Metro right now? Carolina and the Rangers. Yep. And then right behind them is Washington, right? Yep. I rest my case. <laughs> we're only... As I put my foot down. I don't care that we're only like nine or ten games into the season. <laughs> the Hurricanes are nine and oh. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I think that's about it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. For John Scusa, Jay Ashdown, and Vinny Cristiano, this has been another episode of the Illegal Works Podcast. I said that really, really fast for no reason. Um, Jack Eichel is a Vegas Golden Knight, and that's going to be really, really interesting. 
I still really, really hope he plays in the Olympics. Thank you again. Make sure to check out our other podcasts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Real Griffcast. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts at The Griffcast. And we will be back next week to talk more NHL. And check out a new podcast coming out next week. Don't have the title for it next yet, but that's going to be a fun one. Uh, and that will be uh, about brackets. Go ahead, Scott. Excuse. I had nothing to say. I was just... I was just... You were just leaning into your mic, yep. anticipating something to say. You don't have something to say. Okay. Nope. Thank you again, everybody. Have a good rest of your night. Uh, thank you, everybody. Do you want to say good night, Jim Kite, first? Oh. <laughs> Hang good night, Jim Kite. <laughs>